All right, so I was thinking this episode we could uh, maybe do a movie. We have not done very many films in this. It's usually TV shows. What do we do? I guess we did uh, that movie Knives Out and we did the um, Carry On movie, Carry On Camping. No, oh, yes, that was, that was a movie, wasn't it? Yeah, which is funny on our YouTube page. I think Knives Out is maybe our least popular thing we've ever done. I think just because it's modern and if someone wants to know about it, there's a million reviews other people have done. Although that was a great movie, I'm glad we watched it. And then uh, the Carry On one. It gets a surprising amount of traffic. <laughs> People just like to reminisce yeah, about yeah, carrying. Well, they like that cornball stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which, speaking of, I mean, this might not be super cornball, but so last week we did the Marty Feldman comedy machine, and uh, it's always when I go back and I'm editing these and listening back, and uh, it kind of makes me pick up on stuff I didn't think about at the time or whatever. Is you know we were talking about how with Marty Feldman, his real claim to fame, or the way you mostly knew him, was Mel Brooks movies. And we were, we've gone through his really original TV appearance with uh, At Last the 1948 Show and then his Marty Feldman comedy machine. He was like relatively successful and famous, but yeah, it was like his movie stuff later that really spurred things on. And just as I was listening back and editing that, I was like, you know what? I've never seen Young Frankenstein. Like I've heard of it. It's pretty famous. And I've seen a bunch of Mel Brooks movies. I've seen Blazing Saddles. I think... Uh, Spaceballs is weird. I realized, like, like I somehow I never saw Star Wars when I was a kid. And then on my whole childhood, everyone else loved Star Wars. I finally saw it when I was, like, 21, and I was really let down. I was like, wow, this is the thing that everyone won't shut up about? And then I realized a little later, I think one of the reasons I don't like Star Wars is because I liked Spaceballs so much as a kid, the Mel Brooks version. So I got all of the... Because it's got all the Star Wars stuff in it. It's got the Darth... Vader guy, it's got the lightsabers, it's got the ships, except it's actually funny and fun to watch. <laughs> you know? And then you watch actual Star Wars and it's a goddamn drag. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. So I think Mel Brooks ruined Star Wars for me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, anyway, all that stuff, I was just like, like it's just one of those blind spots. I just never saw Young Frankenstein. So uh, how do you feel about that? You want to watch Young Frankenstein? Sure, I'll see it again. But yeah, so I did uh, my little teeny bits of research. So The Basics of Young Frankenstein came out in 1974, written by Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. Uh, Wilder had the basic idea for it because uh, he was just thinking about how there's just way too many Frankenstein films. There was 1931's Frankenstein, 1935 there was The Bride of Frankenstein, in 1939 there was Son of Frankenstein, and in 1942 there was The Ghost of Frankenstein. <laughs> so, so he was talking to Mel Brooks one day, and he's like, I got an idea for a Frankenstein movie. And Mel Brooks was like, we don't need any more. Like, I'm sure they remember them when they were kids or whatever. Like, really? The ghost of Frankenstein? But he's like, no, I got this other angle and, like, whatever. And to give it, like, the sort of feeling of one of those movies, or to give it sort of that throwback feeling, a bunch of the lab equipment in this movie is actually from the 1931 Frankenstein. So that's kind of neat to say. If it's around, why not? It won a bunch of awards. This movie did great. And it's funny, money stuff. I feel like we never used to care how much money movies made until the internet. And now that that information is available, now it's how everybody goes like, oh, well, did you see? But the information's there. So this thing had a budget of $3 million and it made $86 million, So mm, Good profit. Yeah, can't argue with that. I remember the, like, the other side of that. I remember when Scott Pilgrim came out in 2010 and it did kind of bad. It was like not even... 
man. It was like a Julia Roberts movie that weekend that beat it and a Sylvester Stallone movie that beat it. And the dude that directed it was saying like, yeah, okay, sure. It was a little soft opening weekend. It didn't do great in theaters, but it's going to make its money back on DVD. And like every movie eventually makes its money back. Back in the day, like no one... No one remembers what other movies came out the week Ghostbusters came out or, you know, like all these weird details that we have. <laughs> we just know these movies. From, anyway, I thought that was an interesting point. However, I'm not immune to it because when I saw the number, I'm like, well, I'll mention that. Uh, but anyway, Mel Brooks considers this to be by far his finest film, though not necessarily the funniest. Which maybe is because he's not in it that much. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's like, I don't know. Like, this could have been funnier if I was in it. But apparently, he, like him and Gene Wilder wrote the script together and Wilder was like, you know, this movie's kind of like could be kind of good and when you're in the movie, you're always breaking the fourth wall and playing to the camera how about you just don't be in this one so, <laughs> so Mel Brooks just directed it and did some voice stuff but uh, but yeah, mostly though, yeah, I don't really know a ton about this movie, so uh, just one of those things that, since it's always been on my list of one of these like blind spots to fill in, and since it ties in so well to uh, this Marty Feldman stuff we've been doing, like, hey, two birds with one stone. And yeah, I was kind of thinking we could do the one-two punch of uh, if we're going to do Mel Brooks, do this, and Spaceballs, but I don't know. I don't know if you really want to watch Spaceballs. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Well, let's, yeah. let's get this one under our belt first. Because I feel like this is probably a much more respectable, like, actual film. Where Spaceballs was completely, completely dumb. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I do feel like Spaceballs has to be a whole different conversation on its own. But, like, because I'm, like, the odd man out. Everyone is so distraught that I don't like Star Wars. But I really feel like Spaceballs, like, there was a whole plot point in Spaceballs about how the whole, about merchandising. Look at this, the Spaceballs underpants and the Spaceballs whatever. And I was like, yeah, that is how it is. Like, everyone I know has the Star Wars underpants and the Star Wars bedsheets, and I fucking hate it. I'm so sick of Star Wars. <laughs> I must have. I mean, I saw that, and I thought I took you kids with me to see it, but maybe you didn't. Maybe, maybe it was just Mark and I. Because I remember walking home from the theater. From a Star Wars, you mean? From Star Wars, the original Star Wars. It was well, on Nashville's cinema. I mean, it must have been, yeah, like a re-release, because it came out in 77. Yeah, well, it would have been later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I had both of you with me, but maybe not. But, you know, you were six, seven-ish. Yeah, I feel like I would have remembered that. Yeah, because yeah. I, I definitely did okay. not. Okay, must have just been him with me. Yeah, cause especially, man, that first Star Wars, too. I mean, they've all got their ups and downs, but it's such a 70s movie. It's so slow and just like, oh, my God, they walk across the desert for, like, 40 goddamn yeah. minutes, and it's just Luke Skywalker whining about his fucking... Yeah. I think power converters. I mean, that's a different. That's a whole different thing. Maybe that wasn't what we saw. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, whatever. All right. So, Young Frankenstein, 1974. Noise a puzzlement. There's something I've always wanted to ask you about. That operation. You know, in the transference part, the monster got part of your wonderful brain. But what did you ever get from him? Oh, man, they want
Even within like the rules of this world, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it was um, ex exceptionally well done, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like what I like about that is that it really does feel so similar to those old movies. Like it's it's a pretty legitimate Frankenstein movie on its own. You know, like I feel like if you cut out the jokes, you would just have one of those old timey movies but somewhat upgraded like with better technology yeah. and, and stuff. they just didn't treat it as a you know jokes and a whole lot of one-liners they especially team wilder he, he really played the straight man all the way through like so it was like they were trying to i mean they were obviously spoofing a lot of this stuff but sometimes when they make spoofs they just it's joke after joke after joke this wasn't this was a yeah i like uh, i feel like it's like um like a respectful spoof, you know, mm -hmm. like you can tell they obviously really liked those old movies and put a ton of work into like so many of those, like the, just the way it was shot and the, uh, the lighting, you know, like all the times they would show, like when they showed, uh, the Frankenstein's monster chained up in the side room or whatever. And just the way the lighting is on his face, like, you know, that that wasn't easy to do. You can't just do it by accident. You've got to study the old movie and see how to do it. And I feel like they did that all along. Like, even though they had the set from the old movie, still, like, it would be so much work to, like, because it, it just felt that way. Like, the way it's shot and the way everything looks, that was, I think, my favorite thing about it. It's like, the jokes were all right, they weren't bad, but just the the style, the feeling of it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was really good. Much better than I remember it. And yeah, and like I was saying to you while we were watching it, like, I bet if I did go back and watch the old Frankenstein movie, I would probably like it also. But I bet it would drag a lot more. Like well, this, you know, what the jokes I remember about seeing that, the one from the 1930s, 31-ish, right. um, the acting was that, um, you know, what, some of these early things that we watched, the acting was very dramatic. <laughs> Which obviously Gene Wilder did too. Yeah, it's yeah. alive! <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes, he did, but he was spoofing those guys. Right. Whereas uh, when you watch that, the, the first movie, the, the one I'm just talking about, I, I vaguely remember it being very... Yeah, it was it was dramatic, but it wasn't the way he was doing drama. He was he was obviously spoofing the drama, but oh, they'd be serious about this. But it was like stage acting, too much, over the top. This wasn't this. This was right on. This is good. And it's I actually am kind of glad too that uh, at first I found Marty Feldman actually a little bit off putting because that that little note I told you at the start that I had read that uh, Gene Wilder asked Mel Brooks not to be in the movie because Mel Brooks is always playing to the camera and kind of overdoing it but that's exactly what Marty Feldman did he was really like you can't have a joke without him staring at the camera and accentuating the joke but then they kind of backed off on yeah, that yeah they the that second part that we watched he was he was more downplayed yeah yeah cuz like it's I mean, yeah, there's all of the jokes were so there's no not really a lot of subtle jokes. In this. <laughs> Probably the most subtle one, but I did really like it is when he's uh, Frankenstein's monster has escaped and he's talking to the little girl and they're just like throwing uh, flower petals in the well. And then the girl's like, oh, we're all out of flowers. What else should we throw in the well? And the monster just kind of looks at the camera. <laughs> that was a nice little moment. But then, yeah, just because that like over-the-top absurd thing where they go on the, the teeter-totter and he flings her through her bedroom window back to safety. <laughs> yeah, it's like that nice balance of like it's just silly and kind of dumb. But at the same time, it is that same story and that same feeling of the old movies, but without 
you know, the, the boringness. <laughs> and, of course, they had to put in the little bit of the song and dance routines and the singing and all that, because these guys, well, Madeline Kahn especially, is well known for her operatic singing voice. So she, and, and she, I do feel she like, sang a lot. Yeah, like, and all the, the putting on the Ritz stuff, I feel like that was just kind of like, let's swerve to King Kong, because that was also, <laughs> you know, old-timey black-and-white movie, and that, that that's what that scene felt like. Yeah. Of like and they threw in the Bride of Frankenstein here, too. <laughs> right. You know, he takes her... He he he's off with her and he's laying her down in the field and she's all of a sudden she has those white stripes in her hair <laughs> and yeah you got to respect too like there's something that's nice about you know comedies that aren't trying to be too clever i kind of respect that when like you know i mean the whole movie ended on a dick joke <laughs> and like, you kind of got to respect that of just like you know fuck it we don't have to be too clever you know but they didn't have to throw it in your face it was right. all just suggested and well suggested too just with a roll of the eyes and the <laughs> but yeah i can definitely all you got out of it i do feel like that description mel brooks gave uh I mean, I haven't seen every Mel Brooks movie, but I've seen like half of them, say. And like his description of like, this may not be the funniest one, but it's the best one does seem right, you know? Because like, I mean, like Spaceballs has way more dumb jokes that made me laugh, but this movie was way more of like a real movie. I guess that's what I would say. Like, it feels like a real movie with just some jokes thrown in. A lot of times comedies, they just, they don't quite feel real. (laughs) They just are just jokes. And sometimes they just put jokes in and they're just kind of lewd, like a blazing saddles and they're sitting around the campfire oh, and it's yeah. just the fart and beans fart and beans fart and beans yeah, you know that kind of stuff it's and like blazing saddles is a good example too of like it just uh it didn't have enough actual plot you know like the actual movie side it was like hilarious for the first half hour and then for the next hour you're like well, okay like my joke quota has kind of worn out and now the movie itself is not really like a real movie where this yeah just like you're watching and as a real we said movie. at the beginning black and white was definitely the way to go with this yeah because the original frankenstein movies of course are black and white but if you had had color in that it would have lost a lot because the whole theme is like black and white good versus evil there's no gray there's no color yeah, honestly, I think it actually, that's like a weird thing with new... It's a weird thing, but I, I wonder if that's one reason why new Frankenstein movies don't work that well. Like I was saying, I watched like one with Daniel Radcliffe in it, and I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. But yeah, it's like that's how Frankenstein's supposed to be. It's supposed to be black and white. It's supposed to be torches. It's supposed to be... The, the background's supposed to be a painting. <laughs> it's just how it's supposed to look. So yeah, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I finally, you know... Highly recommend it to anybody who wants to have a good old Frankenstein fright. (laughs) It's not a fright. It's not not a fright show. There was nothing frightening about it at all. Although, I mean, I guess mostly, I guess the lighting and the the environment or whatever, like there's, there is eerie stuff. But yeah, definitely not. But I wonder, like, would you be scared by the old one? Like, maybe in 1931 you would, well, but see, not Well, see, that's now. the thing. If you watch it, like, today, or even if you watched it even 20 or 30 years ago, no, you wouldn't have been. But for people who would have seen that in the 1930s, and in the early 1930s, the, the Frankenstein monster was supposed to be a very frightening person, you know? He'd give you nightmares when you went to bed. And, of course, in the movie, in the, in the, in the book... He kills people. Right. Whereas in this one, he didn't. Right. <laughs> All they do is play some violins, and oh, off he went. That is funny too. Yeah, just though again with the uh, 
you know, that they're not afraid to just really be silly about the jokes where uh, I think it was Gene Hackman, right, who was the blind guy that he goes and hangs out with. Just a little side scene where he just Frankenstein meets a blind guy. So this guy doesn't realize he's dealing with a monster. But because he's blind, he's like, oh, let me give you something to eat. And he just pours soup on the poor monster's crotch like three times. <laughs> it's just like... I don't know, it's one of those he things. offers him a thing of wine and he does the, the uh, cheers and smashes his mug. Yeah, like it would have been, it's one of those things where I wish I could see what one of their writing sessions was like when they sat down to write this movie. Because I bet it was like that balance of like, all right, we got to keep uh, a logical plot thread so that it does feel like one of these old movies and it has an actual flow and, a, you know, everything feels right. But then at the same time, you can't go too far without a dumb joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and see, by the time this was made in the 1970s, probably everybody, or 90% of everybody who, who would have seen this would have known the Frankenstein story. Right. If through movies or through reading Mary, Mary Shelley's um, book. But, uh, yeah, they would have, and they would have been expecting things like, okay, the little girl with the flowers, oh, he's going to throw her in the well. Because that's what happened. The blind man, there's fire, and the blind man, what happens in that one? I don't know that he kills the blind man, but the blind man's house burns down, and he's being pursued by these townspeople. The blind man's house burns down, and the blind man is in it. I don't really think the Frankenstein monster does him in, but they believe that he did because the house burns and the man, and the man burns to death. And then, of course, they, they kill the monster. Um, so everybody would have known that basic story. So yeah, these guys had to kind of take that basic story and then push it further. This is making me think too. I mean, part of this could be just because I worked at a comic store and all my friends were various nerds of different types. But I remember that was one of those things when I was like a teenager, just like, you know, he's not called Frankenstein. Frankenstein's the doctor. He's Frankenstein's monster. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. If I say Frankenstein, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I just remember that was... But I know when I was a kid, uh, I believed that the monster was Frankenstein. Right. And it's only when I was in university, I read I read it. And then I said, wait a minute. The doctor is the monster. It's not the, it's not the human. It's not the monster. But 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 everybody, when I was a kid growing up, and we talked about Frankenstein, we saw the sh- movies, you saw things on TV, whatever, everybody believed that the monster was Frankenstein. And obviously, too, I mean, like, it went through such a, uh, you know, like, originally it was, like, a pretty legitimate thing, but then not only was there, like we were saying, Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein, Ghost of Frankenstein, but then you get into, like, uh, I don't know if it was Laurel and Hardy, maybe it was the other ones, Ozzy and whoever, but there was, like, you know... Uh, Meet the Mummy? Or oh, meet the yeah, yeah. The, that, that was usually um, Abbott and Costello. That's who it was. Abbott yeah, yeah. and Costello meet Frankenstein. Abbott and Costello meet Dracula. <laughs> they met everybody. So, yeah, at that point, like, any of the old, like, legitimate story of, like, oh, this is a... Like, the, the, the coolness of the original story of, like, who is the monster, man or monster, and then Frankenstein, like, it's all gone. It's all just and pop culture. And when you think about... Frankenstein, the, the movies, everybody, I mean, Frankenstein is Boris Karloff. Right, yeah. That's just who it is. Nobody even remembers who played the doctor, but everybody knows who played the monster. And it was, yeah, Boris Karloff with the big cork out of the side of his neck. <laughs> 
I love the zipper too. It's kind of a zipper on his neck. But yeah, it makes sense that everybody just calls the monster Frankenstein because yeah, I mean by the, by you know the '60s, by the '70s, whatever. It's like it's just a it's a thing that you put on your your lunchbox. <laughs> well, yeah, and see, there were movies, a lot of uh, the Hammer movies out of Britain uh, that were that did Dracula, then did combinations of Dracula meets Frankenstein. Yeah. See, that's another thing. Like I've always heard about the Hammer films, and I've never seen one. Maybe that's another thing I should try to dig up because it's just you know it's just something i feel like i should just have uh have an, in my little repertoire mm-hmm. of things that like because i you hear about these things and people are always referencing them and then yeah. sometimes i just realize like i did with this like you know i've never actually seen that <laughs> so maybe but, I will. But, but see certain people became that's what people knew about those monsters yeah you had karloff was the frankenstein monster was frankenstein frankenstein monster whatever you want to call him you had uh, peter cushing was um oh felsing the guy that, the oh, guy that doesn't mean van helsing yeah. van helsing yeah he's van helsing and christopher lee that's it yeah right is dracula those three in the like the 60s early 70s they were those char- they were those characters everybody as soon as she said christopher lee everybody knew oh yeah that, that's dracula peter cushing oh yeah he's he's van helsing <laughs> and and who's the other? oh uh, bella lugosi oh yeah of course he's definitely he's dracula I mean, he did other movies and things, but he's known for being the early Dracula. So I guess, too, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> this is like, I guess, I feel like it's it's weird talking about Marty Feldman. I just always feel like I'm being slightly mean <laughs> about him. But because he's the reason that we got here and started, this whole thing started with Marty Feldman, like, could there be a better role for him? That's fucking perfect. <laughs> like, I'm almost impressed that before this with all the earlier stuff we watched with marty feldman in it how his physical features and his eyes in particular played into nothing they just ignored it he was just a guy just a comedy guy and his eyes his his eyes he's he's definitely wall-eyed and his you know they're a little buggy but the earlier things that we saw they weren't like that yeah no i guess that's true because here yeah you had that black cloak so you only see his big white face and he's clearly opening his eyes even more and they must have put (laughs) something on his eyes to open them up like you know to keep them i don't know how, how they did it but you know his eyes were always open and very protruding like I just because I feel like it almost would be I mean maybe things I guess were just less politically correct back then too but when Mel Brooks dropped him a line like hey you want to be Igor like mm-hmm. I wonder if he's like why why me <laughs> why did you pick me for Igor like no reason you're funny <laughs> but I assume he was in on he was in on, obviously he's like you know but I'm just I guess I'm surprised that his eyes it's such a, a novelty thing his his the way he looks but he never it never was until this point all of his earlier stuff he was just the marty feldman comedy machine guy which is kind of i don't know i'm like impressed i guess that the world was but what people remember about him are those eyes yeah i mean yeah it's true how how do you not (laughs) (laughs) that's always nice too that's a good sign for something where uh because i don't know anything about this i've never seen it before i'm like i hope we have something to say about it (laughs) well we seem to have something to say (laughs) but that's a good good sign because yeah that means that means it was interesting no that was much better than i remembered it right than as i remembered it